3: Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald, Money Making Conversations, here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That's because your brand is different and the challenges you're facing in your life will be different. We live from different parts of the country, talk to different people, different levels of education. So stop reading other people's success story and start writing your own. Now, I, I say that honestly because... You can be motivated by that success, and a lot of people are, but they are different people. They have different talents. They have different ways they've gotten to that journey because your stories can offer you a different direction for you to be successful. And remember this, it's about your planning and your committed effort that makes you successful. My next guest is Sherelle Dorsey. She's the founder and CEO of The Plug, a digital news and insights platform covering the Black Innovative community, innovations community, I should say. Her work has been featured in Vice, the Washington Post, and more. Sherelle has been contributing editor for notable publications like Columbia Journalism Review, Fast Company, Black Enterprise, and others. The Plug and Word have partnered to highlight Black tech and innovative innovations within the Philadelphia community by pooling together their resources to create greater impact through storytelling. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Sherelle Dorsey. How you doing, Ms. Dorsey?
2: Hi, thank you so much for having me, Rashawn. It's such a pleasure to be um, here with you today and um, being part of this conversation. I'm really excited about the work that we're doing in Philadelphia.
3: So, what is that work? So, let's go on and get down to the heart of the matter because I hear the word storytelling. You know, storytelling in the era of the pandemic and the financial crisis, Black people and the financial gap is, is getting further and further apart. What is HBCUs finally being recognized for their contribution? That's the one positive thing has come out of 2020. When you say storytelling, what do you, what do you mean when you say that?
2: Absolutely. So the way in which we tell stories about who it is that we are and how we contribute specifically to society matters, right? Mm-hmm. For too long, we've seen innovation and genius only look like one archetype right? Mm-hmm. We talk about the Bill Gates, the Mark Zuckerbergs, we talk about the Elon Musks, mm-hmm. but you rarely see the conversations about folks that come from communities that look like ours mm-hmm. being genius mm-hmm. in what they've produced and created and what they also lead mm-hmm. within their communities and how that particular impact um, is, is really changing the paradigm uh, for so many of us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I have the privilege through the plug, which is a Um, digital subscription-based and insights news platform. We cover the Black innovation economy Mm -hmm. across the country. Mm -hmm. And this year, we have the privilege of receiving a grant from the Lundfest Institute um, and some community partners to work in collaboration with Word Radio in Philadelphia to cover what does Black and brown innovation look like on the ground, especially amid such a tumultuous time as COVID-19. And we know that Black businesses disproportionately have been the most affected. Right. Um, just as Black people have from a, a healthcare standpoint, and so um, as we look at the storytelling conversation, um, ensuring that we are covering the highs and the lows of this and how it affects our communities is super super critical um, right now. And also um, as we look toward a new year with you know new administration and new needs from a policy perspective,
3: you know it's really interesting because uh, the names you mentioned earlier, you know Elon Musk and. Uh, Zuckerberg and Bill Gates, well, the, the, the top five richest people in the world. And you know, when I look at insight and information, sometimes um, I think black news has been diversified or maybe it's, it's not as clean as it was when I was growing up. I grew up on Jet Magazine. I grew up on the Ebony, you know. And so this was truly, yes. you know, you had the black storytelling. You know, they told us who the black top 10 songs, the black 10, top 10 TV shows. I knew everything. And so is there, is, 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 is diversity too much or do we need to narrow the information base sometimes to be able to get the true information, the success stories of black Americans?
2: I think that we need nuance in all cases and places and spaces. You know, black folks are not a monolith. I think we share, so many similar challenges because, you know, good old fashioned American history has has shown us some of the tools and tactics that have been used against us, whether it was redlining our communities, right. not providing adequate transportation options or food um, access options. A lot of our uh, um, cities from, you know, Seattle, you know, where I'm from originally to, you know, Kansas City to, you know, Tallahassee, Florida. I mean, we've all experience the same levels of what systemic racism has done to our communities, our schools, um, our healthcare centers, um, all of those things. And so we have that shared experience um, of, of what you know discriminatory systems have done to limit genius and limit innovation. Um, but but when we look very closely, we still see that there are so many great pockets of genius and people who have survived some of the worst of the atrocities of of American racism. And that plays such a tremendous factor in terms of where we are today, particularly as we are battling, you know, one of the most distinctive moments in our time from a public health standpoint, and then also from an economic one as well. Um, You know, and, and, you know, a decade ago, I was graduating from college in the height of a recession. You know, and now when we look at home ownership rates amongst, um, amongst Black folks, in this country, we see a tremendous decline. We see the the shift of and the growth of the racial of the racial wealth gap in terms of you know things really moving backwards. And so I love to talk about what innovation looks like in our communities and the opportunities that exist. Be that making investments in entrepreneurs um, who are building high growth tech companies and the companies that are going to drive the future. Um, I think that you know there's there's just plenty of opportunity here to take a look at. All the dimensions in which Black and Brown folks live and work and play, and finding ways to help people connect the dots and synthesize here are the movers and the shakers, here are the opportunities that we are really examining from a city by city perspective to also ensure that, okay, our Black and Brown folks in a majority, as they call majority minority city. Getting their fair share of support, considering all of the other challenges that are up against us.
3: Okay, why did you choose the city of Philadelphia?
2: Philadelphia, um, for for a number of reasons, is a super interesting city to me. I have family there. Um, my family really originates so you, out of Seattle. You, you're Colorado, interesting. You,
3: you said Seattle earlier. Now you're in Atlanta, and now in Philadelphia. So you got the coast and the south locked up. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> I've got to lock down. I got locked down. My grandparents left the South um, Mm -hmm. and moved to Detroit, you Mm -hmm. know, in the the 50s and 60s. And Uh uh, my grandfather ended up going to uh, Boeing in the 70s. Mm -hmm. Uh, He got recruited to go work for Boeing. So most black folks that ended up in Seattle got there because of companies like Boeing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's my grandfather, you know, my grandfather left Detroit, you know, after he came back from the military. And, and that's how that's how he ended up in Seattle. And um, his sister went over to Philadelphia, got mm-hmm. married and moved to Philadelphia. So mm-hmm. I grew up going back and forth to those cities, but having such a deep, rich history. And Philadelphia is one of the, the top rising tech hubs in the country. Mm-hmm. It's also the, one of the majority black. Right. In the, right. In the state of Pennsylvania, right. highly populated with black and Latinx people in communities who are, are slowly starting to be pushed out. Right. Of the very city that. Um, that that decided not to make the necessary investments to ensure that these crop of folks got to participate in what we call the innovation economy. So really preparing people for the jobs of the future, which are driven by things like artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. machine learning, mm-hmm. automation, the kind of things like when we go to the grocery store and you don't have to go to the checkout person, you can go right over there to the machine those kinds of things you know we, we over index as a people in service-based businesses. Um, so when we look at places like cities cities like Philadelphia where you know investors and developers come in and buy up the blocks and you know transform you know a, a community overnight into you know very expensive housing, uh, we've seen that story all across America but we wanted to make sure as Philadelphia was starting to um, face its own economic changes, We really were taking a look at, okay, what is the city doing to prepare these groups of residents and citizens who have been there for generations? Um, What are they doing to help ensure that these folks also get an opportunity to get investment. We see the Google Google for startups having invested in two companies, um, you know, Black-owned uh, tech companies in the city of Philadelphia. Right. You know, we're seeing, um, you know, some of the administration really focus on workforce opportunities within the tech space. So I think it's just an interesting case study. I have just ties to the city, um, the people itself. I have family there that are still in North Philly, West Philly, and Germantown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that that city, that, that Philadelphia truly is a microcosm of the rest of America.
3: Okay, we know on October 5th, the partnership incorporated plug hosting a bi-monthly segment on Word every other Monday. Tell us about that.
2: So we get an opportunity to talk about some of the reporting that we've done, um, particularly within the city of Philadelphia. And so um, we have one one of the great things that the grant allowed us to do was also find a a local reporting fellow. So we have um, Hadriana Lowenkran, who happens to be an undergrad at the University of Pennsylvania. And um, she's on the ground really, really creating some incredible reporting stories. One of her lightest pieces was on how a crowdfunding campaign um, that was created by Black doctors um, who developed a consortium to provide access to COVID testing for Black Philadelphians. Um, It was an incredible piece that she did. So we go on live every other Monday with word to talk through these pieces and these discoveries of what's going on in the community Mm -hmm. and to talk about how does that fit into the scope of innovation and opportunity within the city. Um, And so it's just been an incredible way for us to go from, you know, hey, we're here's a, you know, a thousand words Mm -hmm. to read on this to, you know, those who are just kind of listening in to, to word and want to, you know, want to get a glimpse of what's going on from the innovation perspective. You know, they can listen to, um, they can actually listen to the stories that we're covering. It's finally
1: here, the season of celebration. And no matter how you celebrate with family and friends, whether you're preparing for Reyes Magos or Karamu, lighting the menorah, or going to Midnight Mass, Kohl's has just what you need to make those traditions special. Plus, you'll find gifts for all your loved ones.
0: well,
3: it's really interesting because what I'm hearing now is your your version of what I grew up with, Black Enterprise, mm. I mean Ebony, Jet Magazine from a technical standpoint. In other words, you're finding where you can get the truth. You know, you can hear about Black black leaders, Black financiers, because right now the Journal Media just wants to tell us about athletes who make a lot of money want to tell us about entertainers who will make a lot of money, box office success. But when you're talking about, like you said, you was able to rattle off the top five financially successful uh, men in the world. I don't know who the top five financially successful African-Americans in the world. I should be able to rattle that off. And I feel that's what I would get from you, what, you, what you're doing with the word and the plug, is be able to provide a home for that information and also create conversation. That's where you get the insights from, Correct.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think overall, you know, when it comes to data capture of Black folks, a lot of the conversations have been somewhat dismal, right? It's about Mm -hmm. lack and disparity and deficit. You know, the reality is this, we know that we are severely underfunded and under-resourced compared to our white counterparts, right? right? They got a 400-year head start, Mm -hmm. right? And so for us to leverage statistics solely based on our relationship to whiteness I think is the quickest way for us to lose imagination about the capabilities of black and brown people. And so the way in which, you know, the the plug and and even through our project with Word, our question isn't to ask what isn't, it's to ask what is. Mm -hmm. Where where does the opportunity happen um, that allows us to help train, upskill, reskill and provide guidance You know to those who want to create and build a better future particularly for for people in in, within communities that look like them and so i think overall we have to really think through our media again and what is the purpose and what is the context you know you mentioned the early publishing days of some of the black media publishers you know chicago being that hub um Um, Kind of on a side note, you know, we did a podcast series called The Clark Street Project. Right. Mm -hmm. Really, really taking a look at, um, you know, looking at uh, the Associated Negro Press. Mm-hmm. Right, and and sort of those early black journalists who were covering our communities and providing nuance yes. to what the black experience really looks like in America, mm-hmm. and that is so significant in in that concept of storytelling, which is which you
3: alluded to earlier. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm happy that you see that. I'm happy to see that they're from a technical standpoint. Well, you know, the thing about it is that Black Enterprise is doing a great job rolling out these magazines, but somehow, you know, they 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 hit a wall. They hit a wall of being able to reach a certain. Demographic, from a social standpoint, where where you're providing information. That I think is like, you know, you, when you feed a baby, you you, you kind of like take the little spoon. You don't give a big old tablespoon of food to a baby. Te- you you give it to them and they sample and they come back for more. And that's what I feel that your platform is, is a great sampling platform. And once you get there, you want more information because you provide the information, which in turn gives us the insight to be successful. Because I always tell people, if you don't know your story, that's where the storytelling comes from. If you don't know your story or go to a place where somebody's telling your story accurately and consistently, then guess what? You don't get your story. You get a partial rendering of what they want you to hear. In other words, the timeline will eventually push your story out of the headlines. And that's what you're not doing. Correct.
2: Absolutely. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm a trained data journalist um, and computational data journalist. And, you know, what I love about Word is working with a talented group of of media players. You know, um, you know, Sarah Lomax-Reese is also, we both are two women that graduated from Columbia Journalism School, Mm -hmm. right? Black women running, you know, media publications that are significantly focused on the Black experience and elevating our opportunities within the spaces that that are controlling the world, right? Technology, especially now, we've accelerated in technology and work from home and future of work, um, you know, the the kind of the jobs of the future are here now. Right. Right. And so, you know, when I look at that, I believe that media's job, especially black media's job, is to help us along the way. You know, if I'm honest, I feel that, you know, um, I I feel that our media didn't give us the necessary language to keep moving forward and to find the opportunities to get us in this space. I think in some instances, we we confused, um, you know, we confused the ability to profile people's businesses as entertainment instead of instruction. Right? right. When I think about the case studies and the knowledge needed to really build out a strong and sustainable company, I don't think that we got it the way in the way that we needed to for the kind of future that was coming, you know, and I can't speak to other publications and sort of what resources they have. But I do know that running a black media publication is a challenge and know that you know advertising revenue has largely been eaten up by social media right in social media platforms. And so the, the distinctive thing about the plug is we've been revenue focused from day one, um, you know, having a subscription base where we do have a free weekly briefing. And then for premium tier subscriptions to some of our, our exclusive content, you know, we're able to have more paid version and really attract a group of professionals and executives that really look to us for guidance on how should we be making business decisions as it relates to ensuring an inclusive and diverse workforce um, and community. And so I think it's just a hard business. And I think that, you know, in order to continue to evolve, we have to be hyper tuned into what the data is telling us and using that data to really drive the way that we tell our stories and the way that we inform our public and really help equip the decision makers with the resources they need to make better decisions on behalf of our communities.
3: Well, you, I, I love your tone. First of all, you you are a storyteller yourself. You, know, you <laughs> yeah, they, they have a very... Um, very casual, very easygoing, fact-based information that comes out of that you articulate on a daily basis. That's why I can appreciate. I was kind of confused about the storytelling earlier, but I, I clearly see it now because of the fact that my life and what the information I'm able to share you share with you is based on a resource that I had growing up. That somewhere along the line, I thought got lost when rap music came out and that became our storytelling was rap music. It was our future storytelling. But somehow along the line, technology has to be we have to gain control of that technology because that's where everything's being disseminated. Like you said, social media through the digital platforms. And now you're creating a platform that allows us to be a part of it. Tell us about that platform and how can we participate?
2: Absolutely. I would love um, for your, your audience, your your readers, your listeners, your viewers to go to tpinsights.com. So just the plug insights.com. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really where we have the bulk of our work positioned. So, um, you know, giving you an opportunity to subscribe to our weekly briefing, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're in your inbox every single Monday, um, mm-hmm. you know, really giving you a lens on here's what you need to know. Here's what we're starting to examine. Um, Here are kind of the top conversations that are happening across the ecosystem. And again, you know, it it really is is a way to kind of quickly digest what's taking place and not be intimidated by the language or the kind of companies that are being built. You know, technology is accessible. We just, you know, we try to slow it down a bit so that way um, everyone can be can feel, uh, you know, can truly feel you know, ready, um, ready for what's coming.
3: So, Sherelle, so I just provide you with uh, my email address, my first and last name, my email address. That's all you need from me. And yeah, I can you get this, can go right I get to free information every and you Monday. And
2: subscribe right to the weekly briefing and start uh-huh.
3: getting it every Monday. And we say weekly briefing. Is it? Is it like a one-sheeter or is several pages? Is it clickable pages or what is it?
2: So it comes to you as a as a newsletter right to your email. So uh-huh. you're opening up your email. You're just you're reading the information. There's mm-hmm.
3: a note from myself or
2: my managing editor, um, and we we you know we we detail here's what we're reading. Here's what you should be reading. Mm-hmm. Here are the most significant pieces of the news in terms of Black Tech news, um, and it just comes to your to your email inbox. It's just that simple.
3: Well, guess what, uh, Rashaun McDonald's gonna sign up. Because it's there, because information that I know. I'm going to tell you something. I read my LinkedIn. I read my Houston Chronicles. I'm from Houston Chronicles. I read my AJC. So I have not been able to find a platform, which I feel is much more, uh, you know, I, I, I have different radio formats I go to. I read Black and the But this is a little bit different. I think this is socially tech friendly, so socially friendly. And it also allows me to appeal to the general population. You know, if I go to, if I go to essence, that's female centric. Okay. And, uh, and, and so I know that jet magazine really doesn't exist like it used to exist. And, and, you know, the voice of Ebony is not what it was previously. So you're creating a new voice and a very powerful voice from a techno standpoint. And you've accepted the fact that, hey, we're going to deliver information to you every Monday. If all you have to do is just give us your first and last name and your email address, which in turn gives you information about who your potential base is. Correct. The insights.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and we're scraping industry data, private um, information data, public data um, to to really deliver um, interesting insights on on business growth, on opportunity growth, what have you. So there's a lot there. Um, And it's such a great entry point to just go to tpinsights.com, subscribe to the newsletter. Just start there. It's really simple.
3: Well, I will start there, my friend. I'm talking to Sorrell Dorsey. Uh, She by way of, you know, grandparents went to Detroit, went over to Seattle, then the other sister went to the in Philadelphia, the you know, the grandfather, he went over to Seattle, then she landed in in Atlanta, Georgia with me. <laughs> She's reconnected with the people in Philadelphia, which is, a, as they say, a high black African-American population this is in Philadelphia in the state of Pennsylvania. I've been there many times. That whole eastern corridor is heavy with African-American faces and places to do and participate in. But more importantly, it's your voice. You're the CEO of The Plug, a digital news and insight platform for black economy and innovation. Any, any parting words about this great platform? Because you you moved me forward. I'm ex- I'm really I'm genuinely excited because when right. I referenced my age, I'm glad group. I
2: got you excited, Rashawn. Because when you as soon as you start saying Jet and Ebony, I mean that's those are some hard shoes to fill. No, so, no, but, I, yeah, but that's the right
3: shoes to fill. Because the reason I say that is that I always you know I talk to a lot of people. I'm always yeah uh, you know, I, I I just. I just feed on information. You know, my minor in sociology, I've always, I'm interested in entertainment. I try to be topical. I always tell people, you, you can't be young, but you can't be topical, which means you can't be relevant. You can't be current. And you're telling me that I have a platform now that, that can be delivered to my, it's part of my mantra on Monday. I get up at four o'clock in the morning. What time does the newsletter usually hit your mailbox?
2: We usually have it um out by one o'clock in the so, afternoon. So
3: it'll be part of my my afternoon. Information Perfect. base, which or I may move it to my four a.m. because at four a.m. I get up every day at four a.m. So it'll be part of my four a.m. reading right before I read my Houston Chronicle, and then I'll be I'll, I'll be learning things. And I can we comment? Can we give you feedback on different things? Or uh, can you request? All you have to do things? is
2: hit reply mm-hmm. to the to the newsletter, um, and that goes right to my team. You know, we are always you know getting feedback and hearing what um, our audience is doing, and so it's a it's a two way street for us for sure. Yeah.
3: Well, thank you. I'm going to put a thank big you. thank you, Sherelle Dorsey. Uh, I, I needed this. I, you know, I bring people on the show. It's money-making conversation, but it's about life, you know, different ways you you achieve economic and social success. More importantly, it's about relationships and the fact that you're mining an opportunity in the city of Philadelphia, which is recently becoming a hotbed of political uh political under, undertakings by our, our departing President Donald Trump that let you know that your voice is important, information you're giving from a social, from a digital, and from an uh, insight information standpoint is important because I'm not getting my information from iHeart. I'm not getting my information where well, they won't even share it from Amazon. They won't even share it from Google. They won't even share it from Facebook. So you yourself is building a base of reliability and credibility that we can come and get that shared digital information. Thank you. Awesome.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. And thank you for having this platform as well. It's definitely a big teacher for us all.
3: Awesome. Well, you'll be seeing my name pop up in your registry. And uh, I will tell my staff to sign up, too, because my company, 3815 Media, is about, you know, Creating diverse platform information for minorities or people of color. Again, anytime you want to come on my yeah. show, I'm gonna put. Also, I'm putting my newsletter that goes out to ninety-two thousand fans uh, twice a month. So I'm gonna help spread the word about what you guys are doing because again, we need to know what you know. Okay, and you know a lot. And so if you tell us what you know, we'll be a lot stronger and a safer community and a much more knowledgeable community to be able to compete. And that's what you're about. You trying to put us in a line to be able to compete. And if we don't compete, then guess what? We can't win. Thank you. Absolutely.
2: Thank you. Thank cool. you for having me. All
3: right. Great. Well, when you come back on the show and we bring back on the show the first quarter so we can wrap up once they get out of this little pandemic run. We know we're going into yeah. the vaccination. You are important, my friend. Because we got to be able to tell these black people they got to take this vaccine, but we'll, we'll wait a little minute make sure they all good when they've done all the <laughs> testing on them
2: <laughs> I, I hear y'all just having that conversation with my aunt yesterday there you go aunt, I, hear you. I hear you <laughs> i appreciate I it, we appreciate it. To... thank you so much for bye, this bye. opportunity and, and for sharing your platform with me i'm really looking forward to working together again in the future you are really because you're the
3: type of people i need in my life from a standpoint of trying to get the message <laughs> out because you're grassroots and you also are you know I've learned this is that, you know, you win by being able to talk to people who have a voice and you have a voice and you have a, and you really do know how to tell a story. And I've really mm-hmm. I, I, I'm really uh, engaged by your level of communication. So please don't change, which I know you want. Thank you. But also understand that your value <laughs> is going to be fantastic and needed in 2021. OK,
2: Absolutely. Thank you. Have a lovely holiday season. Talk again soon. (laughs) Bye-bye.
3: If you want to hear more money-making conversation, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.
1: In this season of giving, Kohl's has gifts for all your loved ones. For those who like to keep it cozy, find fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws, or support minority owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tomorrow's Mega Millions jackpot is
2: over 300 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player buying.